Hey, it's Arrow. PodFest brings together three different conversations from musicians to authors, doctors, environmentalists, or cooks in their own kitchen. It's real people with real stories. PodFest 55, we kick things off with actor, comedian, and author, the legendary J.B. Smoove. Then we're stepping behind the curtain of animation to visit with one of the biggest voices around, the voice of Yogi Bear and so many more, Jeff Bergman. Our third conversation is all about music and how yesterday's songs still have an impact on today. Rockers Jeff Carlson and Frank Hannon. This is PodFest 55. Unplugged and totally uncut with J.B. Smoove. What's going down? <laughs> What's yeah, your book? I'm, actually, you, actually, how do you actually pronounce your name how how would you like to pronounce it because so many people have given me so many different names now if it's up to me i would add some more words to my name like i'm on a you should you should figure like how to spell i'm on a right i'm on a <laughs> and that way your name is i'm on a roll see that <laughs> See, that's how you do it. I'm, I'm on a roll. I'm not telling you how to do it or how to spell it, but I'm just telling you, it's catchy as hell. Yeah, because I, if I was, I was you, I would change my first name. With my first name, I'm on a, I'm on a roll. See that? I'm on a roll. So that, that'd be I am a I, I'm on a I'm on a that <laughs> I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll, and I would get rid of Collins. Just yeah. drop Collins. Yeah, that's drop, that. drop kick. You just drop kick Collins <laughs> through somebody else's life. You put I'm on a I'm on a roll. See that I'm helping you out. See, and this is you why you this is why you've written a book of philosophy because you totally get the gift of life, and you you have opened up your heart and said, "Look, we got to do it right here." Because we're right here. I'm I'm trying to I'm really really trying to help people. You know, because I mean, it's not for everybody, but the people who is for you know who you are. Ooh, it's a fabulous life that this man lives. This Leon Black character, this man lives day to day. And the advice that's in this in this book is the advice that I would, I would give Larry or anybody else whose house I slipped into and I'm staying at. You know what I mean? I do know because you understand the street that we're living on and you also know the address where we're sitting at. And that's what I love about this book is because you hit some subjects that really do go personal. It does it does go personal. And I would if if Larry came in the house with any of these any of these issues, I would point him in the right direction. You know, I'm not saying he's capable of doing it in this manner, but I can only give him the advice that he needs. He can proceed and try to uh, accomplish these things through the book of Leon or through the dialogue that Leon gives him in the show. You understand? I do. One of the things that I love about this book is that you give people the idea that they can be creative, but they they, they need to use that creative energy for something that's going to make a difference and not keep it as a, self, a selfish tool. Right, right. All these things, all these things are ways of you being able to do your dizzle, but at the same time, you must be able to move a certain way so people can respect you. And that's how I always tell Larry, man. Get people to respect who you are and what you do. That's what this book does, man. It allows you the respect you need. Whether you are a married... Now, I will say this much. Do not let Leon destroy your life. If you are in a committed relationship, you love your lady, you love your children, right? It's good to read this book and live vicariously through Leon. But do not, do not live this life by the, by the ladder. I promise you, he will destroy your life because you are not a free man. You are not free of mind. This is just knowledge that you should have in your arsenal. I mean, what is Leon? I mean, what is he? He's a guy that lives day to day. He's a guy, he ain't thinking about tomorrow. 
He's thinking about today. And the advice he gives you is preparing you for to live in his world. You know, if, if the zombie apocalypse happens tomorrow or the apocalypse or this world is destroyed, there's two things that are going to survive. Roaches. Yep. Beyond black. You understand? <laughs> he will find some way. He will, he will duck under a baby pool or something like that and turn it over and get under it and survive. <laughs> It's a beautiful. It, <laughs> a lot of people don't know the power of a baby pool upside down. A lot of people understand the power of a damn baby pool. You know, people don't understand. Well, you can hide from your wife. You can hide from anybody. You know, people, people underestimate the power of a baby pool. Well, the power of this book is unbelievable, and I want to thank you for giving yourself permission to write this book because now we can hold it in our hands and study your gospel. Yes, indeed. I think I think you know, and also don't forget now the audio book is is fire. It's fire because it's different than the book. The book is the book. This, is, this book is for you to have in your, in your little library or to carry around and read just to show people that you hang out with Leon. That audio in your ears is as though I'm talking to you like I talk to Larry. And it's different. It's, you know, it's elaborations on the elaborations on my audio because, you know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to match the book. And I'm just going crazy in the audio. I thought of new ideas, new, new, just new, new angles to every, every concept in this book. Oh, fire. Unbelievable. Like I just made up, I just talked about a baby pool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you kidding me? Oh, the power of an upside down baby pool. <laughs> Episode number 275 is with voice actor Jeff Bergman, the voice of Bugs Bunny in Space Jam 2, and Yogi Bear in Jellystone on HBO Max. Hey, Arrow. How are you? Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Man, you are really on a major league role, and I got to talk. I, I want to talk about Jellystone so bad, because you guys have humanized all of these characters that I've been watching my entire life. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited because I grew up with them like a lot of people did in the late 60s, early 70s. And they they had their separate universes, but now they all kind of converge together in the town of Jellystone. So I'm excited for people to see this iteration of it. Well, it's so fascinating because, I mean, these, you know, in, in the old days, you know, when you would have, you know, the, the characters and stuff like that, they had their individual cartoons. But now when you see them in all in one place, it's like, oh, my God, it's an entire city of these guys. Yeah, it's a party. I mean, you know, because not everybody will recognize everybody. I, I do Wally Gator, Mr. Jinx, and uh, uh, Ranger Smith and Yogi Bear. But there's Captain Caveman, Jabberjaw, Augie Doggie. There's so many from the Hanna-Barbera Library, and they all have different jobs. They all have different occupations. Yogi is a doctor, works at a hospital in Jellystone. So I, I, it's very silly, but it's a lot of fun. Captain Caveman was the cartoon that we got on Sundays up in Montana. And, that, and that's what I loved. I always thought that they did that especially for kids because not everybody could wake up at 6 o'clock on Saturday mornings. <laughs> now, now, what is it like for you to be, I mean, I mean Yogi Bear as, as, as well as, you know, all the characters that you're doing. I mean, to be Yogi Bear and then, and then when you're in Space Jam, that, you know, that, that you're Bugs Bunny. I mean, is, is it tough to play different characters like that? They're very different universes. I, Yogi Bear, is smarter than any average bear and lives in the Jellystone universe. And Bugs Bunny is a wily, waskily wabby. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like Mel Blanks or do you feel like that maybe Mel Blanks is moving through you? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, when I when I met him 40 years ago, uh, I, I'll tell you what, I kind of 
try to keep that with me. That that changed everything for me when I spent time with him. So uh, he was the Jedi, uh, the the father of the voiceover industry. So without him, I wouldn't have a career. That's for sure. What was that like for you to meet him in the way? Because I remember when I saw Casey Kasem for the very first time. And because in radio, you you only assume you know what they look like. What was it like for you to see Mel Blanc uh, up close and personal, knowing that he was the voice of all those people? Well, it was really shocking in a way because yeah. a lot of people didn't know what Mel Blanc looked like. They just knew his voice. But I knew him because my parents were big fans of the Jack Benny show, which was a show that was on in the 50s and 60s. And and Mel Blanc would play, you know, uh, different characters on that show. So I I knew what he looked like right away. So I, I just was, you know, to me, he might as well have been uh, the president of the United States. He was he was a big star in, in my mind. When you when you perform today, do you find yourself getting closer to the writers in in the way that you know that you participate with the scripts and everything like that, or how how do you do that? Because you bring these characters out so real. Well, you know, sometimes a line really works very well, and other times you kind of have to like massage it a little bit and 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 just bring it to life. And we tried so many things in Space Jam. Um, you just never know. Like when we were shooting the ending of the film, the last scene of the film, we tried a lot of different things to see what kind of, you know, what what what's the most Bugs Bunny-ish kind of way to say it. But yet what's what is it represents that scene and that moment It's the last scene of the film. So it, it's a lot of experimentation. You, you don't know necessarily what's ever going to work that that I think that's kind of the scary part, but yet the fun of it, too meeting Mel Blanc and him might as well have being the president at some point. And while he's got a lot of different voices in his bag, you've actually done the voice for several different presidents, your own self, like Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, Joe Biden. Is there a different mindset that it takes for you to put yourself into to uh, perform something like that versus the, the place you come from when you're trying to do a Bugs Bunny for a scene? Well, I mean, it is. It's very, very different because, you know, there's a lot of terrific things we did when I was president. And we all know who the real president is. And it was amazing. But they don't want to talk about it. But that's okay. It's okay. Very, very different. Very different. Uh, uh, yeah, that that's a whole different thing right there. <laughs> so do you sit around just impersonating everything that you see on TV? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> 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 yeah, kind of mock everything I see. Um, you know, it's a great place to be because you don't have to take anything all that seriously. Now, for it to be on HBO Max, Jellystone, I mean, this, this is cool in the way that, I mean, dude, you, you know what it was like when we were kids. We had to wait a week to see a brand new episode. But being on HBO Max, I mean, this this sets it right out there for everybody to have some fun. I think so. I think it's really going to be cool because if you haven't seen any Hanna-Barbera cartoons it won't matter because they're so broad, they're so silly, the colors are really vibrant and the animation is a lot faster paced. But if you knew you Huck and Yogi, you know, like uh, in my age group or people a little younger than me, then you'll see the essences of those characters are really still there. So, you know, uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping that people are really gonna love it as much as we enjoyed recording. Um, you know, the Looney Tunes, they've been around for a really long time and, um, since 1930 and now we're in 2021 um everybody knows who the looney tunes are but how have they how do you think that you specifically have kept kept you know bugs alive and and modernized him to appeal to this new generation well thanks to i think a lot of the writers into the different iterations 
Uh, I mean, we did a, a, I did a series called the Looney Tunes show years ago. Um, and that's where Bugs and Daffy were, who were like the odd couple living in the suburbs together. So the writing was so much fun, but yet we always refer back to, uh, you know, the, the origin. And I think that's kind of what keeps them the essence of, you know, who they are. I mean, Daffy is a very you know, contemptible character and Bugs is sort of, uh, you know, wily and can kind of do anything. Uh, with his wit. So we always try to keep the essences of, of the, of the characters uh, with, as best as we can. With Bugs Bunny in, in Space Jam, first of all, I think Bugs is like the star of that. I mean, I, I realize you know, that LeBron James is in there, but my God, Bugs just really you know, steals that, that movie. For you to have that leading role like that, that that's got to be a pretty good spot for you, dude. I'll tell you what I was when I saw the film, I was shocked. I, I was crouching down in my seat thinking like, I hope this is really going to be good because <laughs> you just never know until you see it. I hadn't seen it. So uh, it, it was just uh, it was overwhelming. That's all I can say when I first saw it. And then I saw it a second time and then I really enjoyed it. I could just relax. So, yeah, I, I was uh, I was stunned. I, I don't know any other word that better describes it. Well, it was the number one movie over the weekend. They pulled in the most money for the for the weekend. So, dude, hopefully, this is the one that finally gets people back into the theaters and gets us, you know, all motivated to to fall in love with with fun. Well, I hope so, Doc. <laughs> I really, really do. You got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, sir. Ah, uh, thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for having me. Will you be brilliant today? Okay. <laughs> I'll be smarter than the average bear, especially on July 29th. We are unplugged and totally uncut with Jeff Carlson, who is teamed up with Frank Hannon, and they've re-released the song Jukebox Hero. Oh, there is a story here. I mean, they pay incredible tributes to the group Foreigner because that band has been very influential on both of their careers. See, in 1981, Foreigner released Jukebox Hero. It's a song that focuses on a boy unable to purchase a ticket to a sold-out rock concert. From outside the show, he hears one guitar and everything changes. And Jeff believes in that same thing. I mean, his his music experience was elevated. And that's what's great about HighEndPottery.com. You can elevate your own experience with original art, with customized art. We're, we're talking about more than just two hitters, pipes, bongs, and bubblers, and wake and bakes. I mean, they have got some of the most incredible art. Just the other day, we're, we're talking about one guitar, right? Just the other day, I was in the art studio at HighEndPottery.com. And they were making a pipe that looked exactly like a rock guitar. Mind-blowing. I said, how? What's going on? How'd you do this? And he goes, somebody wanted it customized. I created it for him. H-I-Inpottery.com. You got to be 21 years of age to make the purchase. And let them know that Arrow sent you so that you don't have to pay for the shipping and handling here in the States. We are unplugged and totally uncut with Jeff Carlson. Hey, brother. How you doing? Fantastic. <laughs> I was just leaving you a message. <laughs> was was it one of those evil ones going, where the hell are you, man? You're supposed to be on the phone with me right now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good, man. I'm like, uh, I think this is right. I'm going <laughs> to see what's up. And I'm like, oh, that must be you. <laughs> it's all good, dude. <laughs> man, I, I got to tell you, you, you were born to sing this song, Jukebox Hero. You, this, this song has been waiting for you and this moment right here. 
Oh, thanks, man. I'm I'm honored and flattered to be here. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, because this this song itself, a, a lot of a lot of young guys back in the '70s and even today were uh, really connected with this song. Because how many of us did put our ear up against that 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 arena wall and we heard that one guitar? Oh, big time, big time. Yeah, that's been the story of my life, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> now, now speaking of stories, there is a story behind this because I mean, you know, Frank got involved with this in in, in some way or form, and and it, I. I think it's so incredible that the collaborating that is going on in music right now is just mind blowing. Oh yeah. It's, it's really cool, man. I, I was real fortunate. Um, Frank's a dear friend of mine. Um, I was lucky to, um, to do some shows with him. Um, we've done, you know, my old band has opened for him several shows and I've got up and actually what happened was, is I went up to, uh, Sacramento, um, where he lives and we, um, we did a, a show together. He had a, a private party. He had to play. It was a set of Tesla songs, and um, I learned a whole set of Tesla songs and with him, man. And it, it was just like a bucket list, you know. I mean, it was a dream come true, you know. So um, when I was up there, I was like, "Hey, man, um, I'm getting ready to record a, new, uh, a a song. You mind throwing down a lead real quick for it?" And he he's like, "No problem." Um, so he literally did it in one take. <laughs> so I was just like, wow. <laughs> that's that's a rock and roll dream right there, isn't it? I mean, usually, you know, you know, when we were kids, we would sit there with the 45s or even the uh, the cassettes and, and CDs just playing right along with them. But right there was somebody in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we sent him the files and everything. You know, he did it at his house. But I just, you know, he's so amazing. I mean, he's there's him and there's everybody else you know what yep, I mean? so it's just like he's he's one of the most great he's in in beside being an amazing musician i mean that goes without saying he's a sweet guy i mean he is just the nicest guy he's he's like he's so real you know i mean he's just there's no airs or pretentiousness or, or rock star garbage with 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 him he's so great man he's just He's, you know, he's one of these guys I could literally not talk to for like 10 years and then pick up where we left off, you know, like time never elapsed between. <laughs> he's so great, man. <laughs> well, he, he also comes across as that kind of guy that if you did wait 10 years, he'd say, what'd you do? Ghost me? What's going on here, man? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, what, what would happen is, is, you know, I, I first met Frank in uh, 2010. We, I used to live in Tucson and my band opened up for him at a club out there and then i got up and sang modern day cowboy with him which was huge for me man it was awesome and so we kept in touch and through all the years you know tesla go out for you know a year at a time and or you know off and on and then um when he got back off the road we did we talk you know and so i mean it's just it's one of those things where if i don't talk to him for you know a couple months or whatever it is you know we pick right back up you know so <laughs> yeah so it's what, all good man what is it with the bands out there in the in the southwestern part of the states that really are just hardcore it's a brotherhood oh it is man absolutely um i i'm i'm uh, i think the older we get the less we're likely to be combative as far as competition goes. We're all kind of in the same boat kind of in some, some way or fashion, you know, I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, 
there's no room, you know, when we're 19, 20 years old, we're, you know, young and kind of dumb or whatever, as far as my, I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, you, you just have too much testosterone when you're a young kid and, you know, you just think that, you know, every, the world evolves around you and it's like, no, 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 no. Let's revisit that. You know, let's all just uh, come together here. <laughs> Pretty much. It's all about the long rock and roll hair and singing at the best that you can be. And then all of a sudden you begin going, wait a second, there's an art to all of this hey what how do, how do you do this how do you do that yeah absolutely well you know every time i go see guys like frank or tesla or anybody of my my heroes you know that i grew up with you know i, I was always in the frame of mind of taking notes you know i'm like okay well this works that works okay let's you know and and you just do it by trial and error and eventually you, you know you get either pretty good at what you know is your comfort zone, you know? I mean, I, I got pretty good at reading audiences um, and, and figuring out, you know, um, as far as set change or, or any any type of song, you know, obviously if an audience is, is kind of like blah, you don't want to do a mid-tempo song and bore them. You want to <laughs> kick their ass, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, man, it's all a work in progress, you know? <laughs> yeah, because you can't really get up there and predict what's going mean, if, if you come to Charlotte, you can't go to Raleigh or go even, even higher up on the East Coast and say, well, I'm going to play the same set list every night. Oh no no yeah well a lot of a lot of bands have done that you know Motley used to do that I, I think they I mean for but when you're in that category and you're and you're actually you know a visual show I don't think it really matters with a band like theirs because they they you know they it's kind of like everything Nikki is a is is a genius I mean they sit down and they they go from A to Z and what works and you know it they may you know throw a song or two different every once in a while but for the most part they're they're usually the same but uh, you know with us in the position we're in I think um it's good to have a a wide range of songs so in case you do come across an audience that you want to do something a little different or whatever you can you can relate to them more you know so you're not stagnant you know you know you uh, you bring up Nikki Six's name and and I and right away I go back to Jukebox Hero and I'm listening to that bass guitar dude that bass guitar is making a move in this song right from ground zero Awesome thank you that's all Corey K my bass player I got to give him total credit for that man you know that's the thing I think we tried to uh put our own spin on it without losing the integrity of the original. You know what I mean? I, I have such respect for, for foreigner that, you know, if you do a song like that, you've got to have the vocals have to be there, the, you know, and, and, and it, just the whole production and our uh, lead guitar player, Robbie Wolf, his son, Brandon, he's like 21 man or 22. And he's this like genius when it comes to production he records like video game uh uh music you know and and movie music so he's really 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 good at production and, and that's what he does he's 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 got his own studio and he's doing great out in LA you know and you almost have to have someone with their ear to the ground with today's uh, production as far as to be relevant, you know, to, to not sound dated for what we do. You bring up a very interesting point in the way that the, that the younger generation really is doing that with inside their studios, because I mean, even in this neighborhood here, I was amazed at how many uh, uh, kids, 18 that graduated this year, are going to universities because they landed a scholarship because of what they're doing in the studio. Yeah, man, it's great. I, I, that's really cool. You know, as far as that goes, that the whole industry is has gotten... Um, 
you know, I think it's gotten better as far as, as uh, affording opportunities, you know, where before you do an internship at a studio for a couple of years or whatever, and then you go gradually up, which they still do, but you're learning. It seems like they're learning a lot more quicker than, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, these young kids are, where I was when I was in my thirties, you know what I mean? It's like, damn, wow. <laughs> so. so now, now bringing music forward in, in 2020, we know that, that, that fans and stuff like that have gotten very quickly used to the fact that they can go on to a Facebook or they, they can go on to these little private concerts and stuff like that. When you get back out on that road, is it going to be an adjustment for you as well going, Oh my God, I can actually see them this time. Whereas before I've just been that guy on the screen. Um, yes and no. I mean, I, you know, I've toured all my whole life off and on, um, as far, I mean, I, I just miss the contact of, of, of being around people right now. You know, that's the biggest thing I can't wait to somehow, some way get back. You know, I mean, it's just really tough not being able to play, but in some ways it's good because we're taking the time to detail our new record and really uh, when we record, you know, I, I don't want there to be, you know, a time crunch so, so quick that we turn around and go, Oh man, I should have done this, you know, to a song or whatever. We're actually taking our time and really doing it, you know, every little detail work, you know, on all the songs. So that, that's, that makes a huge difference. That's why Def Leppard used to take five years to do a record, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and yet Joe Elliott will sit there and say, we are the hardest working band because we came from a, from a gigantic factory. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they do tour their ass off, but I mean, it took them forever and a day to get a record done. I mean, I know, you know, Rick Allen's arm came off and that was a big holdup and that gets it man i i got nothing but love and respect for those guys you know keeping keeping him in the in in the you know and him working hard to get them where they are as far as like all working together i mean that was just huge but we don't we don't have the we don't have the luxury of a mutt lane <laughs> so <laughs> we've got to we've got to kind of do the best we can with what we've got to work with here you know <laughs> now, now you've got jukebox hero i mean are you going to go for a full album on this you're going to go 11 12 tracks what are you going to do uh yeah absolutely we're gonna um the, the game plan is we've got uh seven songs done right now we're not done well uh recorded but we just uh i want to give a shout out to our we just re, uh hired a new drummer todd turgeon's his name he's amazing um he actually played on our first single uh never be another you and um the guy we had mike mike Midling, he's a great guy he just i i think he um just had uh plans you know for to just kind of bow out and you know it's a, that's okay man it's all good um we just uh, got to keep the the ball rolling here so i mean that's part of it you know you just kind of learn to adapt so um we're going to re-record everything with todd and we're going to uh it, it won't take long because you know today all, well everybody does this now but we record all of our tracks with uh, a, um, a metronome so basically you just come in if there's anything you want to rec- you know replace drums or anything like that you just come in and re-record them and every, the whole thing's done 
So that's where we're at. We've got seven, uh, five songs recorded, um, new ones, and then we're going to uh, finish the other five here in the next couple months. And we're looking at a January release from on RFL. I, I love the idea that you guys are going through this one step at a time because it really does prove that statement true. It says that the, the world stopped, but we finally found some place to go. And you guys have found that place to go. That's awesome. That's a great, I've never heard that. That's really cool. I'll have to remember that. That's actually really cool. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I mean, this is, these guys are my brothers. I mean, my bass player, Corey, and my lead guitar player, Robbie, him and I, the three of us started out playing in 1998. And we've, um, you know, I moved to Tucson from, from Las Vegas for about what, 11 years. And then when I finally moved back here in 2018, um, we hooked back up again and, and it's just, it, you know, that's one reason I called our EP this uh, second chance was for that reason right there. You know, I mean, there's, there's just a, a lot of history with us and, you know, it's like family, you know, so it's really cool to be with guys that you've known for so long and, you know, that all have all working together for the same uh, outcome and same goals, you know? Speaking of speaking of creating and things that you've done in the past, you got to tell me how you layered the guitars in the song someday because there's a lot of magic going on be, beyond everything taking place. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you for noticing that. That's that's great. Um, well, it, it you know we just I I've been I used to have a band called China Blue back in Missouri back in what two nineteen ninety four ninety three something like that ninety two somewhere around there and 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 so when uh i we i actually wrote that song with you know originally with those guys and, I, and i've always carried it with me throughout the years i mean that band's obviously you know disbanded but um we we sat down and you know i play a gibson les paul so does robbie we just we just have our tones and we just did one one track at a time you know and i layered a 12 string in there I which is that. really cool I yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's the you know and we've always paid attention to a lot of the production techniques you know Def Leppard, Journey, you know, a lot of the, the the bands we grew up on. So it's not like we're trying to emulate them exactly, but we're trying to use our influences to make our own, you know. And so that's kind of the, the thought process behind all that. Well, that's what it's all about. So where can people go to find out more about, about the band, about the song? And, if, you know, I'm sure that by hopefully by October, November, you're going to be back out there or getting ready to go on the road. That would be nice. Um, you know, the way everybody's talking, I mean, they've already canceled NAM, which is January, which is a drag. Um, but I get it. You know, I mean, um, I honestly don't know if I mean if if things open back up absolutely we're we're gung ho to go but the problem is is we're kind of at the mercy of the industry opening uh the clubs back up and in the rooms because we were supposed to excuse me we were supposed to play April 17th with Tesla yeah. at House of Blues out here and that got canceled so I can just imagine you know bands like that who de- who really depend on it for their bread and butter and then they now they can't tour because there's no money. <laughs> you know they're losing. Everybody's losing money now. So um, it's we're just we're we're we go out right now if we could. You know it's just a question of when everything's going to open back up so we can get out there and and start you know um, getting some traction. Man, if you can get your hands on a Rolling Stone magazine article that they did last week, it was one of the most haunting, authentic stories about this whole thing. How for the first time in 
any history, everybody on this planet stopped. And, 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 and it was like, and now we have to sit here and figure out how we're going to rebuild. And we're going to have to work together in order to do it. I know. I know that that's not a bad thing. I think there needs to be more of that, actually. You know, I mean, with all the craziness going on, I'm not a political guy and I don't I don't choose sides. I just keep my my thoughts to myself. But at the same time, yeah, at the same time, it's like, man, can't we all just get get along? <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. Is, is there a little bit of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young inside that heart of yours going, you know, may, maybe it's time for a song like Ohio or something like that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny you say that. I just wrote it. We just wrote a new song um, called Yesterday's Gone, and it's actually going to be on the record. And it's basically about hope man it's about you know about you know just uh doing what you got to do to to work together and come together and make your dreams come true you know pretty much in a nutshell well i hate to say it but 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 the weight is on your shoulders guys because i mean music has always been that one escape because if you go back and you look at the history of of like all the tragic events that took place like the beatles invasion came after john f kennedy and then and then you've got the the british invasion again up in the 1980s after ronald reagan i mean you get in a pandemic you get into something like this it's up to you musicians to get us out of this yeah, yeah, and and that's something that I am thankful for because that actually gives me an opportunity to feel like I'm making a difference. You know what I mean? And and if and all the more if people love it and like what I what I do, that's just that's all anybody that's all I can ask for at this point. You know, I mean, it's I'm just honored that people are 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 enjoying you know what I'm doing. You know, I I don't. I wish I could do more, but it's like, you know, because of the way the world is right now, there's, there's only so much we can do, but at the same time, what I do, I want it to be positive, you know? So, yeah, that's right. Dude, you got to come back to the show anytime in the future. The the door is always going to be open for you. Thank you so much, Arrow, man. I I am just blessed to be on here, honored. And thank you so much for your time. I so great, grateful for, to be here. Excellent. you be brilliant today. Okay. You too, buddy. Talk soon, man.